This is Anyone Can Do a Welcome. I'd like to start off with an acknowledgement of country. Bayaju Budri, Darugu, Giyura, Giyura, Nurabarang. Bayaju Budri, Darugu, Warangad, Giyuragu, Barani, Yagu, Baribugu. Bayaju Budri, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander, Giyuragu, Nura, Bimugu. I speak well of the Daruk people, the people belonging to country. I speak well of the old ones, past, present, and the future people. I speak well of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and their homelands. Welcome back to episode seven of Anyone Can Do a Welcome. Nai Kiara Anissa, Buruburangal Daruk Jin, Nai Marangorabarang Daruk Nurua. I'm Anissa, Buruburangal woman from the Richmond area on Daruk country. So, last episode, I talked about our Daruk history, current issues happening around the use of Dalang in schools, and the latest non Daruk welcome to country on Daruk Nura. Today, um, I'm going to start with Daruk history and then finish up with a slight twist on the latest welcomes. Uh, which which are quite interesting and I'll finish with a positive though, promise. So this episode we'll take a look at Daniel Mudawin, Darug Mala born on Baramargal, Darug Nura. This information comes from a range of sources including Val Attenborough's Sydney Aboriginal Past, investigating the archaeological and historical records and Kevin Vincent Smith's Mari Nawi, which I talked about in a previous episode. Daniel was born around 1791 and his name roughly translates to Bush Path. As an infant, he was adopted by the invaders executioner. I'm not joking. The man's name was Richard Partridge and he was in charge of executing and flogging the people of Sydney, or should I say the Sydney colony, and any poor Darugiyura that crossed his path. At the age of 14, Daniel became an assistant to George Cayley, who was a botanist employed by Sir Joseph Banks. Daniel served as an interpreter, a bush guide, a collector of plants and animals, a servant and a companion. And he lived with Cayley at Baramara. At one point in 1804, Cayley attempted to cross Gulamara. Blue Mountains, but decided to turn around after seeing the cliffs at Gross Valley. Had he gone another day, he would have made it to Wiradjuri country years before Blacksland, Lawson and Wentworth. As an aside, Cayley is best known for his study of eucalyptus and his work with Daniel allowed for many of our plant names to be documented. However, locating that list has become difficult over the years. If you know where that list is, can you please hook me up with it? I really want to see it and I am searching and searching and searching. It could now be a library copy and not a digital copy. It could just be lost. I don't know, but I really would love to see that list. So if you know where it is, let me know. In 1807, Kaylee and Daniel were out looking for gula money, koalas, but instead found a high waterfall. Kaylee called it the cataract of Garong, Guring on the river Mutawin. 
after Daniel, right? So he's named it after Daniel. Mudawin Creek was also named after Daniel, but both of these names were only identified on colonial maps as they were renamed by the invaders within, you know, a couple of years. In 1808, Daly hears a false rumour that Daniel had been speared and he wrote to Banks. The native I have been speaking of is the most civilised of any that I know and is the best interpreter of the more inland native's language of any that I have met with. I can place that confidence in him that I cannot in any other. All except him are afraid to go beyond the limits of the space which they inhabit with me. So Daniel was the best interpreter and he knew the inland dialect because some of the mob from the coastal dialect didn't always do that. Now, there is a theory, and I have this theory, that the coastal dialect mob said nothing, that they actually did understand the inland mob, but they didn't say anything because they didn't want to see what had happened to them happen to us. And that's what I think. That's my personal opinion. You may have other theories. I must stick with that one because I find it really interesting that the dialects are identical with slight changes, uh, more so than anything else. So I believe they did know each other's languages with the dialect because it was the same same language. Uh, and also the fact that that he praises Daniel in such a positive way, but again, using the term the native irks the crap out of me. And it probably would irk you if you had to read it out loud as well. Kayleigh returned to England in 1810, almost said 1910, bless me, and he sought permission to bring Daniel with him because, you know, apparently we we dog tags weren't invented back then. So for those of you mob who go, what the hell is Anissa talking about? Dog tags were the papers that said we could go into the city of Sydney or um, to go to a place for a job or uh, identification of who we are and um, who we could marry and all of these sorts of things. So it's a piece of paper. You know, nowadays we have one called a confirmation of Aboriginality, similar to a dog tag, uh, but for the other reasons, to identify the real Aboriginal people out of the fake Aboriginal people. But we're not going down that line right now. So Daniel had to get permission to leave the country. There were no passports back then. But he really did enjoy his time there. But he was to have said... I am anxious to return to my own country. I find more pleasure under a gum tree sitting with my tribe than I do here. Oh, bless him. By 1812, Daniel had returned back to Darugnura, where he spent his time with mob or working on a farm. Now, there is a trigger warning here, folks. Okay, you can jump a, bit, a couple of minutes forward, um, maybe two or three. Uh, if not, I'm just putting it out here, there is some talk of assaults. Four years later, Daniel was accused of assaulting a 15-year-old girl and stealing money from her. The girl's statement was rather detailed, so I will not actually get into it. Uh, the trooper investigating the assault spoke to Daniel at his place of employment, a farm, and allegedly located some money buried in the ground. Now, there could be many reasons for money being buried in the ground. One, you don't trust your roommates because they're all going to steal your stuff. And if you've ever had roommates, you know this can be true. Or two, he actually did steal the money and he hid it in the ground. So there's two reasons, but we already know where the trooper went with this. 
Daniel was given a lawyer to defend himself against the charges, but on the 28th of September, 1816, he was convicted of assault and robbery and sentenced to death. He, he was hung on the 1st of November in 1816. He was the first Aboriginal person to be hung in so-called Australia and the first to be tried in the Superior Court of New South Wales. Again, the mind boggles that this, this even eventuated because the land was stolen, therefore the legal system is, a fraud, is fraudulent, it's false. Author Kevin Vincent Smith states, it was 10 years since he had climbed an ironbark tree at North Rocks to gather gum leaves and five years since he had last walked through the streets of London and visited Kew Gardens with George Cayley. He had been convicted and sentenced largely on the opinion of Gregory Blacksland and the Reverend Samuel Marsden, who testified that he knew the difference between good and evil. He was the first Aboriginal person to be officially hanged in Australia sentenced largely on the opinion of Gregory Blacksland and the Reverend Samuel Marsden. What a joke. Reminds me of the Emmett Till case in Mississippi where the woman falsely accused Emmett, who was later lynched, oh, by the way, he was like 14 years old, and she admitted it decades later, but nothing happened to her. She was never charged with making a false statement that led to a person to be killed, none of it. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that Daniel was innocent and if anyone ever comes forward with claims of assault, they should be listened to, they should be embraced as best they can in terms of support systems, etc. But if the only thing in Daniel's case was they had opinions of two men, how many more people did they lead to their deaths? This week is our family reunion at Murumitagar. You may have received an email in the last few days from Imuru asking to RSVP for the event. It's literally a two second, complete a form done and dusted. It literally took two minutes. Um, some of you might be going, what reunion? I didn't see anything about a reunion. I've had family tell me the same thing, uh, mainly because they're not as um, predominantly on social media unlike your girl here. So it has been advertised on various um, Darug Facebook pages, but primarily you can check Muru Midigar's Facebook page and scroll down a few posts to see it. If you are listening to this and you're like, Nis, I don't have Facebook. What the hell are you talking about? Talk to your family members who you know sit on the socials and say, where's this, this invite? We didn't know about this. Try and get in real quick. If not, you're not too sure, call Muru. I know I shouldn't be telling people to call Muru about it. But if you can't find the Facebook page anymore, then last last option would be to call Muru. Um, but again, I have to say this, a big shout out to Annie Cheryl and Annie Roz, Robertson, Wayne and the staff at Muru for getting this reunion going. They're going to have activities for kids. There's going to be some great yarns happening, hopefully a few songs um, and just catch-ups with, with Mujin. Now, I'll be there to catch up, obviously, with Mujin, and I may even ask you for an interview. So you might see me hanging around with my uh, microphone and laptop and, and everything else. Um, come and say hi. Or as we say in Darug Dalang, Warami. <laughs>
So examples um, today of welcomes to country on Daruk Nura also take into consideration the lack of Daruk voice in all things on Daruk Nura. We will, though, as I've promised already, finish on a positive. So today's good example, use that term loosely, is the Gadigal Wangal Wayfinding Project in 2021, this project was created to showcase Gadigal and Wongamob, which is good, right? Noting the omission of Darug Nura. Okay, there's no mention that they are Darug Nation. They're just clan names. I quote directly from the Inner Sydney, uh, in the West Sydney website. The Gadigal Wangal Wayfinding Project describes components of Aboriginal history using visual means. And through these beautiful artworks, we celebrate the continuing presence of Aboriginal people within the Inner West. These award-winning works add to the wider public art collection and represent features and histories of Gadigal Wangal lands, deepening our connection to place and enriching our knowledge of a pre- and post-colonised Inner West. The project was funded by the New South Wales Government and had advice, in inverted commas, from local Aboriginal people, but not Darugiyura, it seems. But it's nice to see our Dalung being used, right? Now, there is a great paper on uh, places and presences by Dr. Joe Ray from Cora University, who is a Wallamudical woman. Uh, if you want to look that up, have a read about it. That's the better one of examples of, of, of things that are happening on country from a Dalung perspective. Um, that would be so much better than the blow-ins. Just putting it out there. Now, the five projects. This is where I'm going about our language. Gurugul Yagu Barabugu. Reflecting Midjiburi, Lily Pillies at Marrickville. Number two is Gadigal Mural. Reflecting Jarawanang Magpie at Ashfield. Fish traps reflecting Belladari, who I've spoken about in a previous episode, otherwise known as Leather Jacket, at Balmain. Gaddy, should be Gaddy, not Caddy. Gaddy reflecting Gulgaja, Gulgaja, sorry, one day I'll get it right, Grass Tree at Leichhardt, and Nawi reflecting Midjaburi, Lily Pilly at Marrickville. Now the project, haha was ironically organised by a Dharawal woman, Deborah Lennis, and a white woman, Roman Tui. Note, none of the clans mentioned Gadigal or Wangal or the fact that they've used a Badamadigal man's name, a Dharawal, not one. And not one artist was Darugiura. And by the looks of it, from the spellings of the words they used, me being pedantic here, they were taken out of Jackie Troy's Sydney language book by the Lauk, who I'm sure advised on it. As I said on a previous episode, Jackie Troy's book should never have been published without prior and informed consent of Darugiura. If you want to see the artworks and hear the thoughts behind it, you can check it out on YouTube by Googling Gadigal Wongal Wayfaring Project. Second one is Yana Nurala, Walking on Country. So this is yet another example of our of, of non-Daruk using our Dalang, our history and our song lines for profit. The City of Sydney, yes, 
the City of Sydney Council, have worked with an Aboriginal advisory board that includes Yvonne Weldon, conflict of interest much, and a guy by the name of Matthew Doyle, who claims he's both Murawari, so Brewarina way, and Eora. Now, come on, who's claiming this one? Like, Eora doesn't exist. It's our word for people, Yigura. There is no people nation. Being born in Sydney does not make you Darug. It's a bloodline. The City of Sydney also state that they have collaborated with Metro Lauk. Hence, my previous conflict of interest aside. They outline the protocols of collaboration, in air quotes, as the principles of cooperation recognise Metro as the custodians of Aboriginal land, cultural sites and landscapes within its prescribed boundaries and that the City of Sydney is the elected representative body and consent authority within the local government area. I'm sorry, but Darugiyora have never ceded sovereignty of Darugnura. Not in 1788, not in 1983, and sure as hell, not now. The Yana Urala website, oh, one day I'll say it right, Nurala, there we go, translates from the Gadigal language, no, the Darug language, as walking on country, is the name of a nine-kilometre walk that highlights Aboriginal history and culture, Darug history and culture, at places along the Sydney Harbour foreshore, Darug Nura. When we erase the nation, we erase the truth. I keep saying that. And I'm going to continue to say that. The nation of the Sydney Basin is Daruk. The language of the Sydney Basin is Daruk. There is so much evidence there. Historical, linguistical, geographical. You, I could keep going. But these fellas just seem to think that they can cut us out and scratch out Daruk altogether. You would not do that with anyone from Yuan Nation, Wiradjuri Nation, Barkindji Nation, none of that. It would always be they are the clan and then the nation or they just say the nation. But when you deny the clan and the nation together or just focus solely on getting rid of the nation, big problem, big problem. Throughout the website are Darug words. Our history has been laid bare. But who consulted with this from Darug Yura? No one. And if I'm wrong, let me know and I'll happily do a retraction episode. Prove me wrong. Now, this includes in, uh, statements such as Dara, Dawes Point, a major public art project that highlights the site where Bachigarang gifted the language of her people to William Dawes, recording it for future generations in his notebooks. Abdalang wasn't gifted. Look at the time period. Look at what was happening on Darug Nura at the time. You may as well have said we gifted Darug Nura to the invaders. So go check it out, folks. Our stories, our Yuyura, our Dalang, our songlines laid bare for all to see and for a profit. It's just another day in the colony. Okay, so now we get to the good news that's happened on Darug Nora. This week, 
a new and the first Aboriginal art bushwalk opened up in Western Sydney. It is called Gabrigal Yana and actually had Darugiyura consult and design the art for the walk. I know, I'm, I'm so excited by this, just the fact that everything's been done right ways. A direct quote from Good Morning MacArthur article who wrote about this is that First Nations artists Shay Tobin and Dion Mundine worked with Darug cultural consultants and community members to bring the change of seasons to life through artworks that depict well-known Sydney plants and animals such as the blue tongue lizard and the eel as well as fire. Trees share Darug names and language which is accessible through audio which can be heard along the route. Someone better not tell Darawal Lands Council and the imaginary Darawal Cabbage Barter clan leader. If you Google Good Morning MacArthur, an Aboriginal bushwalk, you will locate the article and see some of the artworks. Or better still, go and check it out yourself as you walk from Wild Mountain Bike and BMX Hub in Cecil Park, going through to the south, Cumberland Plains Woodland Spaces and Farmland, to Middleton range. All right, I'm going to wrap it up and I'd like to say Marty Didjigura for joining me about the truth and history of Darugnura. Next time we dig deeper into the history and delang of Darugnura and investigate yet another, because they continue to happen, non-Darug welcome to country on Darugnura. Nabawunya, Yanu. Anyone Can Do a Welcome was written and presented by Anissa Jones. This podcast is an opinion on the history and current interactions on Darug Nora. Digiri Gura, Naragu.